Today we want to just spend a few moments in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1. And I know when I say for a few moments, you turn a deaf ear to that. Uh, (laughs) It's a few moments compared to eternity. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we want to just focus today. I I want to encourage us. I, I really hope we leave here today encouraged. Because I want to focus on the power that's available for cleansing. The power that's available for cleansing. So we look in Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And this is a very familiar text, a very familiar passage. On October 1st, well, in October of 1994, our Daily Bread printed a story about John Wesley. I'll share part of the story. I won't share all of it with you. I want you to just think through uh, some things as we go through this message. The story shares that one night while returning home from a service, Wesley was robbed. A thief, however, this thief, however, found out quickly that he robbed the wrong person. Because the victim had very little money. And he had Christian literature with him. So as the bandit was leaving, Wesley called out, stop. (laughs) I have something more to give you. The surprise robber paused. Wesley says, my friend, you may live to regret this sort of life. If you ever do, here's something to remember. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The thief hurried away and Wesley prayed that these words might bear fruit. Today's passage, we want to focus on cleansing in today's passage. Just along the way, just glean back to this little story. We'll get back to it a little later in the, in the message. The Bible tells us in verse 40, chapter 1, in the book of Mark, it says, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, smoothed with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. He strictly warned him, he being Jesus, strictly warned the leper and sent him away at once. And said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone. But go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. 
This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together in worship. We thank you for the wonderful songs that have been sang today. Oh, God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that has been staring within us during this time. And, God, we worship you. We praise you for all your goodness. God, you are worthy today. You've been good to us. You've blessed us beyond what we deserve. And just your presence here, God, is more than any of us deserve. God, we thank you. And God, as we're here today, we're leaning upon you. We're praying that you would hide me behind the cross and you would speak to each heart that is here today and that, God, we would leave from here encouraged that there's power that can cleanse us from all our sin. So, God, be with us. You direct this day, and we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This passage begins with this man coming to Jesus. He's come to Jesus begging for for healing if Jesus is willing to do so. The Bible tells us this man, a leper, uh, this man was a leper. And what we understand is that leprosy was the most feared disease of the ancient world. It was highly infectious with no known medical cure. The disease caused the body to basically uh, begin decomposing, which also caused a terrible odor. The leper was considered a dead man walking as the disease was usually running through him for about nine years. In which then the leper would eventually die a horrible death. He could not only, he could only wear mourning clothes. His clothes were black. So this leper stood out as a man that was sick. A man who was dying. A man who was filled with an infectious disease. But worse than the physical issues that the man dealt with with leprosy... This leprosy caused isolation. The per, one that most people just cannot endure. Leviticus, Leviticus speaks about how this man endured um, or how he was to endure. He, in, in Leviticus 13.46 it says he, was, he is unclean. Speaking of the leper. And he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So here's a man filled with an infectious disease, hurting in places all over his body, and he had to live outside of the walls of city, of the city. Can you imagine going through something horrendous such as this and having no one there to help you in this time of need? It had to be heartbreaking to be completely cut off from his family and friends. To be completely cut off from society as a whole. This would cause a tremendous emotional and mental strain. Now, if you're not so sure about that, ah, being isolated ain't that bad. Just think back from 2002 or 2000 
when was it? 2020. <laughs> Think back to 2020 up till maybe a year ago. You know, in this span, there's been more suicides recorded than any other three-year span because of the isolation. Kids are struggling more in school right now because of that time of isolation. Children are being bullied and they don't know how to handle it, but they're carrying guns to school and it's all stemming from this short period of isolation. Now imagine not having contact even with your children. Not being able to touch your spouse. Not to be able to receive a hug. That's what a leper went through during the ancient times. Leprosy was also thought to be the result of a terrible sin. And because there was no known cure other than the power of God. And this gave more reason for people to want to stay away. More reason to question the character and the morals of a leper. You hear this and you sense, well, the lepers have no hope. Well, God is the only hope for the leper. Something miraculous would have to take place for this leper to be cleansed. And, and whether we acknowledge or not, God is the only hope for sinners. As a sinner, I, I, I was dead in the trespass of my sin. But, but God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, convicted me of my sin. Revealed to me that he loved me and, and that he had sent his only begotten son into this world to die for me. And if I would believe that he died and rose on the third day and confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then I would be able to live forevermore. When I was dead, Jesus was my only hope to eternal life. And if you here today are dead in the trespass of your sin, he is your only hope. And all you have to do is believe the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and trust him as your Lord and Savior. Once you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will never be alone again. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, the whole world even could walk away from you. But you would never be alone for Jesus has promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. But he would be with us even until the very end. Oh, <laughs> he is our hope. And when we look in this text today, there's something we need to understand about the power of cleansing. It can begin when we make a cry out for help. And that's exactly what's taking place here in this text. Apparently, this man was full of leprosy. It wasn't that he had just found a spot, but he sees he was full because Luke's gospel, when they, when Luke records this in chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, he says, and it happened when he was in a certain city, he being Jesus, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It seems that the man's whole body was filled with 
sores. The man was hopeless for he, he knew no one who had the power to help him. But somehow, somewhere, he learned about Jesus. Some, maybe word had just spread across the land about how Jesus uh, cast out an unclean spirit from a man in a synagogue in Capernaum uh, just, just before this, just by rebuking this spirit and, and commanding it to be quiet and to come out of the man. Or, or maybe perhaps, perhaps this man heard how Jesus went into Simon and Andrew's home and, and Simon's mother-in-law was sick with fever and he simply took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever fled. Or maybe he heard how many were brought to Jesus and how he had healed various diseases. You know, I can't say for sure how he actually heard, but what's, a, what's apparent is, is that this leper, he heard about Jesus and he went looking for him. He suddenly, he suddenly seemed to have a glimmer of hope when he heard about Jesus. And when he heard more where Jesus would be, he made his way to him. Matthew tells us that he found Jesus on, on the mount where Jesus had been preaching about the sermon or, or preaching the sermon on the mount. He heard Jesus preaching and what, what Jesus said burned in his heart and his hope became faith. And, and as Jesus made his way down the mountain, the leper come forth and he fell at Jesus' feet. Boy, this sounds like the leper was desperate. He was so intent on seeking Jesus' help that he forgot everything and everyone else. He forgot all about the law requiring him to stay a certain distance from any other people. He forgot about the crowd being all around Jesus. He was desperate. He was in a desperate need for healing and, and he had a great hope that Jesus could offer the healing that he needed. I, I just wonder, have we been desperate lately? Have we been so desperate to feel the presence of God that we worshiped him in spirit and in truth no matter who was around? Well, whether we were riding in our vehicle, whether we were around home and we were, we just felt his presence in such a way that we just bowed down to worship him. Oh, we should get desperate every once in a while. It'll move us to seek the one who is our only help, our only hope. I don't know. Maybe someone here is in a desperate state at this point in your life. Maybe you've come to the realization that you're bound in sin and, may, and, and your sin has stained you so that you're uncomfortable with yourself. I don't know about others, but that's exactly where I was. And most born-again believers would say they just got uncomfortable with who they were. And they, they needed something more in their life. They needed something better in their life. They needed a change in their life. Maybe that's where you're at. And no matter how hard you try, you're just not able to experience any peace, any joy, any love. Well, I want to encourage you today that the power you're looking for to, uh, to set you free from your desperation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the only hope that we have to cleanse us from our sin. Romans 1 and 16 tells us, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The only power that you'll get help with is the power of the gospel. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to seek the face of Jesus? Are you ready to call out to him, to cry out to him, believing that he is the son of God? 
and that he died for your sins, that he rose for your victory. Are you ready to ask for forgiveness of your sin and to thank him for his faithfulness? Because his word tells us whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is your only hope today. So are you ready to cry out to him? Because when we genuinely cry out to the Lord, compassion is shown. Looking down upon this leper, Jesus knew his condition. He knew his heart. He knew his hope. He knew his faith. And and Jesus was moved with compassion. Aren't you glad he knows you? (laughs) He knows what you need. (laughs) We know we don't even know ourselves. And we often say, well, Jesus knows my heart. You better believe he knows that corrupt thing inside your body. You don't know it. But he knows it. The Bible says it's wicked and corrupt. (laughs) But Jesus knows it. Jesus moved to reach out and, and touch this man. He didn't ignore the man. He didn't push him back away from him. Hey, this is an infected man. But Jesus didn't push him away. He reached out and touched the most unclean person that the Jews could think of, a leper. He was not only moved to reach out to him, he was moved to cleanse him. Jesus said to the man, I am willing to be, I am willing to be cleansed. He spoke his word of power. And as Jesus spoke, the Bible says the leprosy left the man. (laughs) It is the desire of Jesus to make every man, woman, boy, and girl clean. 2 Peter 3 and 9 tells us the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any would perish, but that all should come to repentance. But you must approach him just as this sinful leper did. You must approach him with hope. I'm not speaking of wishful thinking. I'm not, instead, I'm talking about approaching him with a hope, with anticipation, with, with expectancy. It's to approach him knowing that there's something he can do, that he has power to fix whatever situation you're in. When you approach Jesus like this, you're demonstrating your faith. You're approaching him with faith in that moment in who he is and what he is capable of. And when you place your faith and your hope in Jesus, he will touch you. And you will experience the power of his touch. (laughs) And you will find yourself understanding the importance to worship him. Oh, when he touches you, you'll want to worship him. When you're in his presence, you're so uncomfortable when you're lost, you don't know what to do. But when you know him as Lord and Savior, you just worship him. You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of beliefs out there. There are a lot of things people tell you about when we leave this world. And people are, uh, would want to tell me that, that those who have gone on before us, they're just asleep in the Lord. Well, no, they're at rest from their labors. They're no longer working for the Lord. They're, they're worshiping the Lord. They're in his presence. I don't know how you can be in God's presence and not worship him. And that's where they are. 
They're worshiping him. Oh, <laughs> yes, if you will come to him the way he instructs us to. He'll not only reach out to us, but he'll cleanse us. He'll show compassion when we cry out. But the last thing I want us to notice in this text is that there's a charge given. Now, whenever we cry out to God and Christ shows his compassion toward us, there's a charge that comes with that. We often think that, you know, it's free sailing. We want to think that, well, everything's done. But there's responsibility that comes with it. And we are charged to do something. Listen at what this man is charged with. This leper, once he was cleansed, Jesus strictly warned him and sent him away at once. King James states it this way. He straightly charged him, forthwith sent him, sent him, yes, sent him away. So the question is, what did Jesus warn him of and and send him away to do? Well, it's found in verse 44. Jesus tells the man to say nothing to anyone. (laughs) And then he tells the man to go show yourself to the priest. So when we look at that at first glance, we have to reconcile what could appear to be a contradiction. I want to assure you today there's no contradiction here. If you find a contradiction in the word of God, keep studying. Because there's no contradiction in the word of God. Well, I can't figure it out. Well, just keep studying. Because if you study long enough, you'll find how it just fixes itself. Because there's no contradiction. This is the infallible, inerrant, the right, the true word of God. And God will not contradict himself. We look in this passage, what we find here is Jesus gives instructions to say nothing to any man. What's at, this was actually a charge not to go out and boast about his cleansing. What do you mean, preacher? Stay with me. Now, this was a strict charge. Jesus is adamant about this charge. What he wants is this man to avoid feeling... And expressing that God favored him over other lepers. I shared earlier in ancient days, leprosy was thought of to come from sin. That it came about you due to sin. Now, (laughs) in saying that, I can't say that's the case for this man. Bad things happen to good people. I know that. But what I do know (laughs) is that Jesus knew him. He knew his heart. He knew his habits. He knew his condition. He knew everything about this man. Jesus knew the sin this man struggled with. And he knew knew the sin that he was going to struggle with. And because of that, (laughs) Jesus appears to address the man's sin of pride. You know, we all got pride in us. There are three sins that we struggle with. We struggle with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you say, I don't struggle with any of that, then you keep deceiving yourself. I encourage you to read the word of God. This man, Jesus knew the possibility of him going around, look, I'm clean. 
I'm clean. Look at what God has done for me. You know, we have the tendency to do that ourselves, don't we? Look what God's done for me as if we're something. Yeah. (laughs) It appears he's charging him not to be boastful and prideful when approaching others saying, look at me. Look what God's done for me. But instead, he was to share to others that the same Jesus who had mercy on him, the same, that same Jesus would have mercy on them also. The same Jesus who had the power to cleanse him, that same Jesus would cleanse them also. Instead of glory coming on us, the glory has to go back to God. So and then Jesus tells him, just go out and tell no one. Go out and don't pridefully boast about what's happening. Instead, Just go to the priest. Go and follow the process that's been laid out by the Mosaic law. And and allow the priest to declare you clean. Listen, folks, I want to remind us that Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He did not come to destroy the law of God. He came to fulfill the law of God. The law shows us that we are not able to stand before God righteously because the law reveals just how sinful we are. And because we could not fulfill the law, Jesus came from the portals of glory and to live in this life and to live a life that we could not live. He died a death that we deserved so that we could stand before a holy God in his righteousness. Jesus demanded that the man obey the law. And by doing this, he also demanded that the man reveal to the priest that the Messiah had come. Because when the man had to go show the priest what took place, he had to explain how things happened. And only God could have healed him. And God was standing right there. He reached out to him and he touched him. And right now, somebody, I believe God is standing, waiting on you to cry out to him so he can show compassion to you, so he can reach out and touch you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to this man. Jesus demanded, his instructions demand that he give the declaration that the Messiah is here. But not only that, he was also demanding the man to obey him. (laughs) He was demanding the man to obey him. What's interesting is in Psalm 8, David asked the question, what is man that you would be mindful of him? The son of man that you would visit him. You know, when we think of who our Lord is versus who we are, this should be a question that rises up in every one of us. But this should be the reason that we would trust and obey him. It's because who he is and who we are, he would still be mindful of us. (laughs) Do Do we get that? This is why we trust and obey him. I don't know about you, but I don't serve Jesus because he has the power to send me to hell. I serve him because he died in my place. 
so I wouldn't have to go to hell. <laughs> I serve him because of what he has done for me. I love him because I've come to realize that he first loved me. Had I not have come to that realization, I wouldn't even know him, much less serve him. But I don't serve him for what he could do to me. I serve him because of what he has done for me. You know, I think that's why so many people struggle with the Baptist doctrine is they're looking at it and they're afraid we're going to just live any kind of way. Well, if we're truly saved, we won't want to live any kind of way. We'll, We'll recognize who he is and what he's done for us. And because of what he's done for us, that's motivation enough for us to serve him. Brother Marcus shared this week in revival that this isn't as good as it gets. That we have something far better to look forward to. And we have this confidence because of what Jesus has done for us. You know, if you've been saved, he's washed our guilt and the stain of our sin away. He has given you the promise of eternal life. And yes, we should, we should shout this from the rooftops. I love the song that they just finished singing. Somebody ought to worship him. We ought to shout it from the rooftops that what he's done for us. We ought to shout that Jesus is Lord. And he's seeking to save any who's lost. No matter what religion No matter what this world may, or how it may come against us, we should be shouting from the rooftops, Jesus is Lord, and he come to die for the sin of the world. The Bible tells us in this passage that the man went out proclaiming what Jesus had the power to do. He did this with such intensity that the crowds became so large that Jesus couldn't stay in the city. Instead, he had to retreat outside to deserted places. And even then, large groups came to where he was. (laughs) This is what happens when you disobey God. God. Jesus had just healed the man. And the first thing he does is he disobeys. Wait a minute, preacher. He went out telling good news. Yeah. He disobeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we disobey him, just as Jesus had to retreat from the man, from the city, he'll retreat from us. What do you mean? What I mean is simply this. If we continually disobey him, that we will find that we don't sense his presence in our lives. Now, does he leave? No. But we just don't sense him right there. Somebody might be there today. You just don't sense him. You don't sense his his spirit working and moving. And you know what? Not only will you not sense that, but others won't sense that he's working through you. When we're continually disobeying him. So I would encourage us all, let's obey him. 
Let's draw nigh to him because he will draw nigh to us. Let's not push him away because the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh. As our musicians are coming to prepare this song of invitation. Now, as I began this message, I shared the story in, this, in that opening illustration about John Wesley. Well, let me finish this story. I shared with you that he was robbed one night as the bandit was leaving. Wesley called out, stop. I have something more to give you. The surprise robber paused. Wesley said, my friend, you may live to regret this sort of life. And if you ever do, here's something to remember. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The thief hurried away and Wesley prayed that his words might bring fruit. Years later, Wesley was greeting people after a Sunday service. When he noticed a stranger approaching him, Oh, what a surprise it was to learn that this visitor, now a believer in Jesus Christ, was a successful businessman. Was the same one who robbed him years before. This man says to John Wesley, I owe it all to you. (laughs) John Wesley Stopped him and said, oh, no, my friend, not to me, but to the precious blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Mm. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Unsaved, Jesus shed his blood for you so that you can be cleansed from the guilt of last night, from the guilt of yesterday. From the guilt of yesteryear. From the guilt of your past. He shed, he poured out his blood so that you could be cleansed from the stain and the wrath of your sin. He left the portals of glory where he was clothed in righteousness. Where the seraphims would would fly around crying, holy, holy, holy. He left this place, this majestic place to come to this sin-cursed world, put it on a robe of flesh, living among men. As a man, he, he felt the infirmities that we experience here on earth. He, as a man, he went to a garden one night and he, he cried out to God so that, that he was in anguish. And the Bible says that the sweat fell as blood. From there, he was illegally tried, falsely accused. He was taken to a whipping post. He was nailed to an old rugged cross, and he was suspended between heaven and earth. He took the full wrath of your sin where his father turned his back upon him so he wouldn't have to turn his back upon you. He took that full wrath so that you could be forgiven of your sin. If you'll cry out to him, he'll show compassion to you. 
Oh, yes, he'll show compassion. He'll save you from your sin. He'll give you a new life, and he'll lead you to walk in a newness of life. A life where you accept the charge to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Share what he's done for you, but this same Christ is willing to do it for whosoever will. Whosoever will, as they begin singing, as the church is praying, whosoever will, will you come and let him change your life? Come and cry out to him and receive his compassion. Would you come?